Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 202 of Lockdown Canadians. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. I am one of your hosts, as always. I am Scott Matlin. I am joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, how are you on this obnoxiously hot and muggy Monday evening? I'm excited to continue our playoff postmortem of the Canadians because we have so much to talk about that we weren't able to fit it in part one. Yeah, there is plenty to still go around. And as we continue to try and focus on that, news continues to make its way out or rumors or anything else. And we're going to preface this segment by saying it is now free agency season for Montreal. Uh, teams that are not in the playoffs are allowed to make trades with other teams. Contract news is likely underway. Please be careful of what things you see posted on Twitter and social media. I've seen multiple fake Montreal Canadiens websites say saying that Max Domi, Ryan Paling, and a first-round pick have been traded for Johnny Gaudreau, and those are not true as of the time of this recording. So, quite frankly... Double-check everything before you share or post or send anything to us. But there is some interesting news surrounding Max Domi that isn't a fake trade to the Calgary Flames. Some eagle-eyed Twitter and social media people have noticed that Max Domi has removed all traces of Montreal from his social media bios. And I just assumed that's because he was going back home to, I believe he's from Ontario, for the summer But, of course, it has got the Montreal Canadiens fandom up in arms and everyone is freaking out. And, Laura, my opinion on this is people are overreacting, but I'm interested to hear what you might think. I think people are overreacting as well. Why he would remove it uh, is, it could be anything. Maybe he's he's got an ad campaign going for one of his sponsors that he's about to change his bio to. Maybe he just wants to be... You know, he just wants to be off for the summer. <laughs> I keep saying summer. It's like the fall. The, their summer is the fall now. Maybe he just wants some peace and quiet. He wants to go and fish on the lake or something like that. It's not necessary that, you know, it, it means that he's cut ties with the Canadians or he's cutting ties with the Canadians. There can't have been enough time for the Canadians to sit down with him even at this point. Uh, so it's entirely possible that he's just, he wants some peace and quiet. It's, I don't remember if this was a thing last year. You know, I don't know if, if he removed it on, on his social media, if he, if he kept it all summer or not. I think it just said number 13 for the Montreal Canadiens or something on his, on his profile. So it's entirely possible he's just not in Montreal for the summer. He's not playing hockey for the summer. He just wants to have a vacation. And I understand though, based on the fact that his status is probably one of the biggest questions that we have in this, in, in this market. I, I understand that people are reading a little bit too much into it, but if there was a trade or an intention to cut ties, somebody in the press, a legitimate source in the press, would have heard about it and leaked it by now. Yeah, it's way too soon to be doing the whole, he's getting traded, they're going to resign him thing. The season ended not even a week ago. Like, we're less than a week from that. I, there has probably not been much dialogue since this all happened because they were waiting for the return to play and everything else. It, it feels like a lot of overreaction given the way things went and how he played. And 
honestly, it's like, just take a deep breath, people, or none of us are going to survive this late summer off season now. And, you know, when contracts actually start getting handed out and later this week, we are going to be looking at the Canadians unrestricted and restricted free agents to try and figure out who is worth bringing back, who should get traded and who they should keep, you know, if they're able to anyways. But we're going to do that later this week when I have a chance to pour over cap friendly. Great website, by the way, just to kind of see what we've got. But right now, the Max Domi dialogue, it's it's far too soon. It's people wanting to will something into existence that we have no idea about. Players are quite literally just getting home. You know, Jeff Petrie just got home. You know, Victor Mete just got back to his place in Woodbridge. All these players are just getting back to settle down after being in the bubble. I don't think you're going to see any crazy moves at all at this, at least right now. We might get some small contract news from like minor league guys, but I'm not expecting a whole heck of a lot from the Canadians, at least for another week or so, because they've got to let everything decompress, let the management look over everything. Just everyone, chill. Damn, just chill. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, with regards to rumors, again, always pay attention to the source. And also think about it. If it seems too good to be true for the Canadians, it's probably not happening. Yeah, always double check. If Look for the check mark for one thing and then click on a profile. If they have a 100 followers and they're, say, they're, you know, the Canadians of this, like, use your head. It's very simple. Just a little, a little investigation goes a long way. That's all we're saying, folks, is that it is fun. I do love silly season. It's great in soccer. It's great in football. And it's great in hockey. But we're less than a week out of the playoffs now. If this is how things are going to go, like, Thomas Tatar could be, like, eating something and someone's going to take it as a sign that he's getting traded to, like, Boston or something. Like, deep breaths, everyone. It's not that deep. It's not that serious. I am begging all of you. Just take a deep breath and kind of step back a little bit. And speaking of Thomas Tatar and Jeff Petrie that we mentioned earlier, we're going to kind of look at, you know, their status. Because I know we talked a lot during the season. Should we trade them? Should we keep them? They're both restricted or unrestricted free agents this offseason. And they're kind of the first major people we should look at for next season. And we'll get into that coming up next. One thing that you really don't want to do in a pandemic is go out and shop. And one thing that doesn't stop during a pandemic is your car's need for parts and accessories and maintenance. So here's what you can do. You can go to rockauto.com and find anything you need for, I mean anything, anything you need for your car, whether it's, you know, accessories, carpet, motor oil, a bumper, a gas cap, anything that you need is on there. They've got a very easy to use catalog, so simple that even I could figure it out. And they've got things from hundreds of manufacturers for all kinds of makes and models of your car. RockAuto.com not only has everything that you need and you get to choose the brands and the prices that you want to buy, but they'll also deliver it directly to your door. It's an absolute no-brainer. And what if I told you that in addition to all of this, in addition to the selection, the ease of use, and the fact that it comes directly to your door, you're always going to be getting a reliably low price from rockauto.com. 
big chain stores, the ones that you really don't want to be going out to right now, could probably have will will probably have a very small selection and they could charge you up to twice as much because you're just a regular person like you and me and not a professional mechanic. I don't think it's fair that you pay a tier price depending on who you are. So you're going to go to rockauto.com and don't forget to tell them Locked On sent you in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that you'll be able to get a reliably low price for whatever you need for your car, literally anything for any car, and it'll be delivered directly to your door. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car could ever need. RockAuto.com. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get an online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an, an, an online visit today and connect to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to Roman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. So we ended the previous segment talking a little bit about Thomas Tatar and Jeff Petrie and how they kind of fit into the future in Montreal. And this season was tough because they have one year left on their contract. They are going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of this upcoming season when that starts. But for now, they are still two huge pieces to this team. But at the same time, they're extremely valuable. And even if they both didn't put up a ton of points in the playoffs, Jeff Petrie had his moments and Thomas Tatar had a couple of goals. This team without them is going to have even more holes in it. And all the work they did in the playoffs this year kind of undoes all of that if we trade them away. I can't see a situation where they trade both of them away but I can see one where one or the other goes, and it all kind of depends on this offseason. It's a very weird and kind of hazy area to be in in that we don't know what Mark Bergevin has planned, and without that, we can't just be like, yeah, it's a good idea to trade a top-pairing defenseman or a top-six winger. We don't really quite know where they fit in to the grand scheme of things next year. What if Cole Caulfield's NCAA season is canceled? What if they get Taylor Hall? What if Ilya Kovalchuk comes back and is good again? There's so many questions that it's really hard to kind of nail down what the Canadians should do with both of them until we've kind of gotten closer to when next season starts. I think the main question is who's going to replace them because the reason that the Canadians can't afford to let them go is that they right now don't have somebody who is as reliable defensively as Jeff Petrie who also contributes to the offense. And as for Thomas Tatar, 
We've talked all year that the Canadians have so much trouble scoring goals. Taking away somebody who scores that many points and who has, you know, really found himself in Montreal after being traded away from Vegas, it's really hard to think about who, like, how many, like, who's going to replace those points. And the problem, I think, is that they are unrestricted free agents at the age that they are right now because it's not like they're young players that you can say, let's try and see if we can do a bridge contract, you know, because they're not, they're, they're going to want term. And I think that that's the big problem. I don't know that necessarily the money is the issue because the Canadians do have a ton of cap space. And, you know, if, if you go by the idea that maybe they don't want Max Domi to stick around for that long, they can replace him from within. I think, you know, there, there would be short term, there would be money for them, but long term, I don't think that there would be space for them and they're going to be on the decline. But the only issue is at this point in time, I'm not seeing anybody in the pipeline or around the NHL that's going to be, that the Canadians are going to be able to get to replace their production slash defense. Yeah, and that's the thing for me is I feel like it's easier to draft and develop a top six forward, especially with the position the Canadians have been in. And it's a lot harder to replace a top pairing right D. That's actually an area that kind of need to focus on in that Kale Fleury, Noah Juleson, and Josh Brook are all there. But at the same time, none of them have proved they can step up into Jeff Petrie's place. And beyond those three, there isn't much of anything. So... Future needs kind of dictate, you know, the Canadians hanging on to Petrie, whereas Tatar could lose out to a guy, you know, like Joel Teasdale, to Cole Caulfield, the Jesse Yolen in, in the future, in within the next few years even. Whereas for Jeff Petrie, the air it's a little bit more murky after him. And it all kind of goes into that Canadian thing. They're in this weird spot where they are just right there. But as some of these pieces, their Carey Prices, their Shea Webers, their Jeff Petries, get a little bit older and start to decline a bit, they're, they don't have someone right there right now. There's a lot of potential to be there right now, but they need them to develop and turn properly into what they are looking for. And it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this because what happens if Juleson isn't the same after he had that injury. If Kale Flurry doesn't take another step forward this year, and if Josh Brook isn't as good as we had hoped, you're waiting another three, four years for another top prospect to possibly become available, if you even have one, or are you going to splash out money on a free agent and hope that they're the piece you're looking for? But it, it's it's very difficult to see the future where one of them is not still here in Montreal but like I said, it's so much easier to move a forward. And I'm honestly wondering, if the Canadians sign Taylor Hall, that's probably signaling the end of Thomas Tatar unless they're going to make a, a true cup run next year, right? I would say so. I think if they sign Taylor Hall, they wouldn't do anything with Tatar for the time being and see where they're at by the time of the tra- trade deadline. And if it really looks like they are going to be able to make the playoffs, they'll keep him and worry about it in the offseason. We also have to remember that Seattle is going to be a thing. So there, you know, there's, there, there are a lot of considerations for the Canadians to have to make, but this is all assuming, you know, that they are able to land somebody like Taylor Hall. And, you know, the truth, the truth of the matter is there's so much potential in the Canadians prospects, but that's what it is. It's potential. It's going to take two 
three years for some of these guys to even make the team, forget about reaching their prime. And who's to say, I mean, like the Canadians were able to get Nick Suzuki from the Max Pacioretty trade, and that turned out amazing. But we don't have another Max Pacioretty on this team that the Canadians can trade, you know. And and that and I think that's the thing is that what the Canadians are going to have to do, they're going to have to make a consideration as to whether they are willing to give up prospects for rookies or people on the cusp. I think that's another decision that they're going to have to make. And speaking of those rookies and players on the cusp and young players, the Canadians post-playoff, whatever we're calling this press conference, actually brought a lot of good tidings for young players from some of the elder statesmen of the Canadians. And we're going to get into that in our final segment coming up next. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. All DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep your community safe at as we operate. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store right now and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So as we mentioned, we talked a lot about, you know, the future on this show. We've praised Nick Suzuki more times than I can count. And we are not the only ones who took notice of the Canadians' young players stepping up in the postseason. Both Shea Weber, Carey Price, Mark Bergevin, Kirk Muller, all of them had nothing but good things to say about the maturation of Nick Suzuki over the course of this season and Jesperi Kotkaniemi. And this Canadians team went from, well, I hope one of them pans out as a center to, well, who's playing top line center next year? Is it still Philip Deneau? Is it Nick Suzuki? Is it Jesperi Kotkaniemi? Or do they just have three, like, one ABC goalie, or goalies, centers down the middle of the ice now that they can roll out? And if the playoffs are any indication, they can roll three defense, or, Jesus, three centers with ease and not have an issue and for a team that's been searching for centers for so long, it suddenly feels like they might have too many to play all of them at once. It's honestly, it was so heartwarming just to watch Shea Weber and Carey Price were obviously they did the press uh, together as the two main uh, focal points, I guess the leadership on this team. And it's so weird because, you know, I've been, I've been watching the Canadians for so long that, I was I was one of those Carey Price believers from day one, the first time he was called up and, and throughout his Calder Cup run in Hamilton. 
And it's like now I'm watching him say things like, I'm so proud of how these kids have handled, you know, the, the, the pressure or whatever he said. And it was like, he's so proud of these kids. And it just like, it, 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 it's so weird to me, but also just so heartwarming and also reassuring because Carrie Price has faced, you know, the top talent in the NHL since he made the team. And he is phenomenal, and he sees the game really well. I mean, it's it's a, it's a comment that we make very often about Carey Price in particular. Goalies in general, you know, we talk about how they're, you know, they're able to see a lot on the ice based on just the fact that they're watching the game for hopefully most of the time. And the way that he sees the game and the way, like, the players that he faces, the players that he's able to beat, the idea that he, you know, he ha- he has these really great things to say about Essentially, it's two 20-year-olds, right? Is Kotkaniemi even 20? I think he just turned 20 years old like this at the start of this summer. He's still literally a toddler in NHL's terms. <laughs> and he's he's a murder toddler. Um, and, and honestly, you know, there's, there's obviously going to be growing pains and we have to make sure that we don't set ourselves up for disappointment next season based on this playoff run. They're, they're going to struggle for sure because every player, even really good ones, struggles. And, you know, Shea Weber as well, he said, he said so many good things about their maturity level and their readiness. And at the end of the day, you know, people, people say like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been better if they got the ninth overall pick? I mean, drafting is often a crapshoot. It's entirely possible that whoever they draft at 16 is going to be better than dra- like whoever gets drafted at night. It's not probable, but it's possible. And so I think the experience that they were able to get in two postseason series against veterans, Stanley Cup winning veterans, and a team that is expected to contend for the next couple of years, I think... You can't, you can't put a price on that. Maybe they did get a free pass into the playoffs, but the fact that they did gave them this experience that other teams, rookies, especially teams that are in rebuilding years, won't get to experience for a, a long time. And so, I don't know. I just, even, even Kirk Muller, he said, you know, all of a sudden, and he's been around quite a bit. He's been around a few times and, and the, the knock on this team was always they weren't able to find, um, a good, like depth down the middle, essentially. Like everybody wanted like a big skilled center. That those are really hard to come by. But now they've got two that are really young that could stick around for a long time. Yeah, and it's they're playing the way the modern NHL is. Kotkaniemi's still growing and you know increasing his skill set, and we saw it. His physicality is there. He's not a small guy. And Nick Suzuki does so much. He makes plays that even being a smaller guy, relatively speaking, he makes a lot of plays that get him out of trouble because he's got that awareness on the ice. He's got a spidey sense, basically, that when he knows he's in a situation, he knows how to duck and get himself out of there and get himself into an area to make things happen. And he's only going to get better at that. We saw over the course of this year, he started slowly and then hit his stride all the way through. What's he going to do now with playoff experience under his belt, with a full year of professional experience, and possibly even better line mates next year for the whole season? Maybe Jonathan Drouin won't get injured 20-something games into the season this year. We could see them go up another level next year, and Kotkaniemi has to be playing with so much confidence now that he can turn around and use that for next season and be just that giant Finnish murder toddler that we've come to know and love in the playoffs this year. 
And it's so exciting that you're considering there's going to add more talent to this team. They have 13 draft picks. And even if they don't all pan out, you're going to hit on a couple of those guys. You're going to find your next Arturi Lekkanen. You might find someone like Paul Byron or someone else in there. Jesse Yolanin's going to come up. Cole Caulfield's going to be here sooner or later. There's so many fun things. And with those two down the middle, they got to be set in the future for at least the, the, you know, the next seven, eight years and hopefully beyond that down the middle. These guys aren't going to be 30 by the time, you know, the Canadians window shut. And if they continue to develop, that window stays open for as long as they keep learning and playing better. It's so strange. Since I've started watching the Canadians, they've been looking for someone to replace Saku Koifu down the middle. And as good as Thomas Bukanitz was, he wasn't always what fans wanted. Take your pick now, guys. You got Philip Deneau, who's a Selkie-worthy center. You have Nick Suzuki, who just put on a phenomenal rookie year. And you have Yasperi Kotkaniemi, who continues to show why he went third overall. There's no bad options for them right now. They're not Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid, but the Canadians aren't bad enough to be able to pick those kind of players and haven't been for a while. So that will wrap it up, and I'm going to pull back the curtain here. I screwed up and read the wrong show notes. So in our next episode that's going to be coming out on Wednesday, we are going to be taking a look at the Canadians goalies and Alexander Romanov and all of these other things that are happening in Montreal right now as we continue to do our post-season, post-mortem, whatever we want to call this. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow the show, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can find Laura at The Active Stick. You can find me at Scott Manla. And you can find this podcast wherever you listen to your daily shows. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.